Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. The prophecy of Isaiah has many marvelous words for the reader. Words of hope and encouragement, words of salvation and deliverance, words that speak about blessings that God has for his people. But the question that we need to ask ourselves is this. When God reveals these wonderful things as he's going to do in this study, is in fact he speaking these things to you and to me? Are we going to be the recipient of these prophetic promises? And to answer that question, take out your Bible and look with me to Isaiah and chapter 51, the book of Isaiah and chapter 51. Now, God's going to begin to address his people in a very specific manner. He's going to give commands. Now, I don't know why, but, but many times believers, followers of Messiah Yeshua, they're, they're not so interested in commands. They think that commands are, are an Old Testament perspective. But we see that Yeshua gives numerous commands to his disciples. Commandments position us, and learn this principle, commandments position us in God's will. And if we're not in God's will and doing his will, then we ought not expect anything from God. We're not going to be the recipients of his blessings. So we read here, here's the first commandment. It says here, here, but in this context, it's better translated into English by listen to me. So the commandment is here, listen to God. And who's he speaking to? How do we know if this scripture is truly addressed to us? Well, he says, pursuers of righteousness. So ask yourself a question. What truly are you pursuing in your life? Are you indeed pursuing righteousness? And realize that, that in the scripture, we see that there is an inherent relationship between God's will and righteousness. When we walk in truth, we will be doing righteousness. When we are submitting to the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we are going to be walking in the spirit of righteousness. So we who want God in our life, him leading us, directing us, giving, his, giving us his provision, all of this is an outcome of us making a decision that we are going to pursue righteousness. Now, notice how the scripture continues. He then speaks to those who are seekers of the Lord. Now, one of the main characteristics of Hebrew poetry, and by the way, so frequently, prophecy is written poetically. 
And how we know that is the chief characteristic of Hebrew poetry is parallelism. And when we look here, we see that, that these two phrases, pursuers of righteousness and seekers of the Lord, they're parallel to one another, pursuing and seeking. Therefore, we learn here that God is righteous. Parallelism, the laws of it, demands that. So if I am truly seeking the Lord, I am going to be pursuing righteousness. This is what this first part of verse 1 tells us. And then he continues on and gives us another commandment, the second one in this passage, where he says, look unto the rock. And the implication is, from which you were hewn. Now, this is all going to be speaking about in a moment. We'll see it both in this verse and the next. Speaking about understanding our foundation as people of God. So when he says, look to the rock from which you were hewn, and to the, and we have a word which means to puncture something, to make a hole. And this hole has to do with getting to, and the next term is a cistern. So when he says, look to the rock from which you were hewn, and then also from this, this cistern, and it speaks about the puncturing of this cistern, that making of it, and then he goes on to talk about this, this cistern that was, was dug up. So look to the entrance of that cistern that was dug up. Now all of this is speaking about a foundation. And cistern, this word bore in Hebrew, is speaking about an entrance to where water is kept. And water so frequently in the scripture is a reference to God's blessing. The joy of our salvation, for example, Isaiah spoke and we studied it many months ago when it talks about going to the wells of the water. And this water is likened to salvation. So in this same way, he wants us to understand our history, the foundation of God's work with his people. And if you have any doubts about that, just look on to the next verse, verse 2, where he says, once again, look to Avraham, your father. Now, we're going to see that, that Avraham is indeed the foundation of the people of God, the people that God is going to use in order to accomplish his will. And it writes, we see that it says here, look to Avraham, your father, and to Sarah, and the implication is, and it's a word which means to produce, sometimes it can be thought of as, as being in labor, but in this context, it's probably your father Abraham and Sarah who, who bore you, gave birth to you, for echad, meaning for one. And the implication is, Avraham, in the past, was just one man. That's the foundation. And what changed everything about Avraham's life? One thing. The scripture says he believed in God. We can say it another way. He had faith. 
And this faith brought him into a covenantal relationship, which gave him a call. And as he pursued that call, he was walking, moving towards God's blessing, becoming a recipient of the promises of God. So once more, verse 2, look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave birth to you. For one, Abraham was just one, when God says, I called him. And not only did he call him, but it says also, I blessed him and multiplied him. And at this time in Isaiah's day, we're talking about a great nation. And all of this began very simply, one man. One man who had faith. So when we look at these first two verses, it's calling us to be one who pursues righteousness, seekers of God, who understand the foundation from where they've come, that are going to walk in that same faith that Abraham displayed, that brought about through his wife a heritage, an offspring, that soon would become a nation. Now look at verse, verse 3. Now remember, Isaiah is speaking, and we have seen that Isaiah, during his time, they were not an easy period for, for the people of God, for those who inhabited Judah, that southern kingdom, or the northern kingdom, Israel. We see that Israel was taken into captivity, that northern kingdom. And also there's been hints and strong evidence that Babylon is going to come and carry Judah into exile. So all of this is not good, but God's going to do something. God is going to restore, and I want you to learn a very important word. Look, if you would, to verse 3. We might translate it, for the Lord has comforted Zion. Now, the term Zion in Hebrew, Zion, is a kingdom word. And what it means is this, that kingdom hope, that promise of, of the kingdom is going to be restored. The people in the north already in exile. The people in the south going into exile. So the land, which is key to the promise, the people are taking, being taken off the land. And with that is a, a dashing of the promises of God. The people are going to be in a time of uncertainty, being tossed from the land, seeing the city, that holy city of Jerusalem destroyed. Is indeed the promises that God made, is there any way for them to become a reality in the future? And the answer is yes. God is going to do something. God is going to comfort. And this word, when you look at it, the word nicham, and it's the same word where Messiah, when he began his, his ministry, he left Nazareth, and he went to a place called Kephar Nahum, which is Capernaum. And this term, Capernaum, Kephar, or here, Kippur, is for village. The word Nahum, here it's Nicham, same root, same meaning, has to do with comfort. And this word, especially, especially in the book of Isaiah, it appears frequently, 
and we need to understand it as, and we've mentioned it before in our study of Isaiah, it's a word that speaks to God, being comforted, something happening that causes God to bring about a restoration to those wonderful promises. So here, we need to remember the foundation of the people of God, that faith. And faith, when the people believe God, trust in his word, that is going to bring about God's movement, God's activity, in order to, to comfort, meaning solve the problem concerning the kingdom. In their present condition, they're not heading towards a kingdom reality. They're going to exile. But, but God is promising, have faith, because there's going to be a restoration. Look again at, at verse, verse 3 where he says, For the Lord has comforted Zion. He has comforted all of her ruins, her desolations, destruction, those cities that are in ruins. And he will place the, the desert as Eden. That's the Garden of Eden. And the, the plains, and these would be the desert plains. Here again, wilderness, desert. All of this speaks about that which is a recipient of God's judgment. But God, through being comforted, doing the work of comforting, it says that these desert plains are going to be like the garden of the Lord. And what's going to be the outcome? He says, Sasson, which is joy, Simcha, which is gladness. Joy and gladness will be found in it, meaning in Zion, in that kingdom. And thanksgiving and the voice of, of singing, the voice of praise. So here we need to remember what he's saying. Remember Avraham and what brought about a change in his life? Faith. Avraham believed in God. And God produced righteousness in him and through him. And righteousness is as well a kingdom word. Then he says, let's move on to verse 4. He uses a different word for listening or hearing. We would say, verse 4, listen unto me, my people. Now, we've seen something. God's people pursue righteousness. And they know that the way to seek God is by pursuing righteousness. Verse 4. Listen unto me, my people, and my nation, unto me give ear. Now, we've seen the three primary words for listening, hearing, and then the third one, giving ear to. And all three of them speak about a different aspect in regard to listening or hearing. The first one, as I said, deals with responding. Hear and respond and respond in faith. The second word has to do with listening, but what we see here is just listening, gathering this all in, understanding the revelation. The first word, responding. The second word, understanding. And the third word, has to do with listening and responding to God for the purpose, and here's the key, for the purpose of being close to Him. This word, which means to give ear to, literally, 
means to walk up and place words in someone's ears, meaning to speak directly in the ear. And to do that, you have to be close. And that's why this word for hearing is a word of intimacy, a word of closeness. So once again, verse 4, listen unto me, my people, my nation, give ear unto me, for the Torah is, is going forth, will go forth from me. Now, this term, Torah me'iti, say. what he's speaking of here is very similar to what he has said other places, also in the book of Isaiah, but other prophecies as well. You might know the phrase, ki mitzion tetzei Torah, for from Zion will go forth the Torah, the law. And it's very significant because we're going to see without any exception that this prophecy in Isaiah 51 is messianic and it's geared for the end times, the second coming of Messiah in regard to the establishment of the kingdom. And when we look at this, he says, for the Torah is from me, and, and the Torah will go forth. And my judgment, now we see what's parallel. The Torah and judgment or justice, same word. We don't think of judgment in the sense of punishment, but rendering a verdict for upholding that which is right, that which is true, that which is proper. So the law is the instrument that gives us the perspective to know what is right and what is wrong so that justice can be mediated out. And that's what he says here. And, and my justice for a light unto the people. And he says, I will, and this next word, well, if you hear this word regua, that's the, the, another form of it but it means to relax. Now, here's the message. We're only going to be at peace, experience comfort, be relaxed. That word can mean to be in tranquility as an outcome of the law being fulfilled. Now, you might say, Messiah fulfilled the law. Yes, he did. And when we walk in obedience to him, being led by his spirit, we're going to demonstrate in the same way he did, an adherence to God's instructions, God's commands. So verse 4 says, Listen unto me, my people, my nation unto me, give ear, for the law from me will go forth, and my judgment or justice as a light unto the people. For what? In order that I will will make relax, that God's going to give tranquility to his people. Verse 5. Krov is, meaning, excuse me, I said the Hebrew word, near is my righteousness from going forth. So near will go forth my righteousness and my salvation and some will see this in the plural. Now, if you look at the Masoretic text, it is indeed the word zeroi. Zeroi would be my arms, but the word zeroa 
is derived from the Hebrew word zerah, which is seed or offspring. If it's masculine, as it is in this case, it can be son. Now, the Masoretics, they looked at this, and they made it plural. In the, the simple meaning, we don't know whether it's plural or singular. And I would argue, based upon the fact that this word is going to reappear, appear again, that it's singular. So we could translate it, my salvation, and my arm, or my son. A male offspring can be translated as a son. And he writes, my salvation and my, my son will judge peoples. Unto me, islands, they will hope. And unto my son, could be translated arm, my, my son, they will wait. Now, I want to talk about this word, Zeroah, coming from the Hebrew word, Zerah. Many of you know the term Zerah, Avraham, seed of Abraham. Now, we can talk about a seed, but that same word can be related to an offspring. The word can be translated arm, but when we talk about an arm, Zeroah, the word, all we're doing is changing the vowel pointing. And when we do that, the word Zeroah speaks about the arm, the upper portion. In an animal, that upper portion, not the lower, not the hind quarter, but the upper portion is what's sacrificial. And I've shared that this same term is used for Passover to talk about the Passover lamb, that sacrifice, the Passover offering. And I would suggest to you what it's speaking about is the sacrificial son that does the work of redemption. And that's why we see that there's a relationship between justice and righteousness going forth, salvation and my son. And then we see that, that the distant places, the isles, which usually refers to faraway places, remote, they, they are waiting and hoping, is another way we can translate it, unto my seed, or son, or arm, which they are waiting for. So here in this verse, there's a messianic expectation of that seed, of that, that son that is coming. Verse, verse 6. Where does he come from? Well, notice what it says in verse 6. Lift up to heavens your eyes. Now, it's simply saying, it's telling us that, that Messiah, ultimately, when he comes to fulfill what this passage is speaking about, he's coming from the heavens. Lift up towards the heavens your eyes and look to the earth below. Why? He's coming from the heavens to earth. He is going to do something in this earth. For the heavens, they are going to, to dissolve like, like uh, smoke meaning it's just going to melt away, evaporate. And the earth, as a garment, is going to wear out. And its inhabitants, like thus, they will die. So it speaks about a change. This world and the inhabitants, there's coming an end. If you belong to this world, you're going to die out. You're going to be no more. 
Just like uh, smoke, you see it, and then it just dissipates in the same way that you're going to dissipate and be no more in this world. But what does he say? Look at the next part. He writes how my salvation forever will be, and my righteousness also shall not be be one should not be dismayed it's not going to be abolished it's not going to be lost don't have any concern god's righteousness is going to be established verse 7 again we see another command that same word for hearing in hebrew we would say shimu when it's singular shema but it's plural here hear or listen unto me and who's he speaking to? The ones who know righteousness. Now, how do we know righteousness? He tells us, a people in their heart is my Torah. Now, I cannot overestimate, stress too much that this prophecy ultimately is a last day prophecy. And it's speaking about those who are going to hear God, respond to God, have that messianic expectation, understand what Messiah is going to do, this comfort that he's going to bring. And ultimately, he says, the context, verse 7, listen to me, the ones who know righteousness, the people who in their heart is my Torah. Do not fear the, the contempt of of humanity meaning most of humanity those who belong to this world they're going to have contempt they're going to say that our faith is disgraceful they're going to be strongly against and try to shame us and he says don't fear this contempt of of humanity nor he says the blasphemy do not and it's another word do not be dismayed by these things. Don't let it bring you to an end to a, a sensation of just giving up. Don't let that happen. Where we need to go to? That faith of Abraham. That faith that persevered. That faith that believed that God can call that which is not as though it is. And bring about a change. Remember what we talked about. God's going to do something. He is going to take this, this earth and this earth going back up. It's going to dissipate like, like uh, smoke and like a garment is worn out. So are the inhabitants of this world. But he says, listen to me, those of you who know righteousness, a people who in their heart is my Torah. Do not fear. Don't give any concern or worry to the, the human shame that they want to put upon you, or the blasphemy, do not, uh, do not be dismayed by this. Verse 8. Verse 8 will be our last verse, where it says, For as a garment, a moth will eat them. So a moth can just devour a garment, and then it says, and as wool, is devoured by again a moth a different word for a moth will eat them up 
So whether it's wool or some type of garment, we know, given enough time, that moth, that, that worm, however you translate it, they're going to devour it. But in contrast to that, look at the last part. But my righteousness forever shall be. And my salvation, generation unto generation. And when we speak about salvation being eternal, it is a, a hint. It is speaking about the kingdom of God. Now, let me conclude by saying this. We've done the first part of chapter 51. Obviously, in our next study, we're going to complete it. And what it speaks about in this chapter in a general sense is being ready. Being one who has a messianic expectation. And with that expectation of Messiah, we need to be, as we've seen here, that term, Zion, Zion a kingdom term. So the question, those who are going to be ready for Messiah's return is going to be those who are Torah-minded, thinking Torah in their heart, that they're going to understand the changes that, that this world needs, a righteous change. And we're going to be living according to the instructions, the counsel, the, the demands of God because we understand that they are the right things. And we are going to be led by the truth of God in spite of what shame, disgrace, contempt the world has for us. Because we follow the, the judgment of God, meaning what he says is right. His, his view of justice, not the corruption that this world is embracing. So this second half of chapter 51 is going to be a powerful chapter that tells us how to behave in light of God's marvelous and wonderful promises to us that Isaiah speaks out. Until next week, Shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Thank you.